How do you feel great on vacation? Like really good? Easy. You go to Aruba. You'll spend your time relaxing on cool white sand beaches and floating in healing blue water. You'll immerse yourself in natural wonder and find your center on an island where things move at your speed. You won't just feel great. You'll feel relaxed, renewed, and ready for life. That's the Aruba effect. Plan your trip at aruba.com. Welcome to the Registered Investment Advisor Podcast, where financial services marketing expert Seth Green interviews experts, executives, and top producers to share can't-miss tips on how they successfully manage their financial service firms, grow their businesses, create great relationships, and influence the industry. And now, here's your host, Seth Green. Welcome to the podcast. This is your host, Seth Green. Today, I have the good fortune to welcome back a repeat guest, Anthony Truppiano from Truppiano and Associates. Anthony was on previously talking about his RIA and his practice and how he grew it and became successful. Today, Anthony's got a phenomenal new book out, Tenacious Abundance, Simple Habits and Hacks for Being Happy, Healthy, Wealthy, and Wise. And I can't wait to dive in. It's an awesome book. I highly recommend it. We'll tell you how to go get it at the end. So stick with us. Anthony, thanks so much for coming back. Seth, thanks for having me. I appreciate it. All right. Now, you could very easily rest on your laurels. You've got a successful firm. You didn't need to go write a book. And it's certainly not about you know, the registered investment advisory business or your financial services practice. What inspired you to write it in the first place? You know, I sort of wanted to have a blueprint for our daughters or grandkids and future grandkids on how we went from nothing to becoming multimillionaires and setting up the companies that we have. And my wife walked into my office one day and she said, I had like 80% of it finished. And she said, why don't you write it for everyone? So I decided to get a publisher and that's what I did. And uh, I love the word tenacious and I love abundance. And I noticed that the two biggest habits that every single successful person I've either learned from, read about, or heard on a video seems to have tenacious habits and an abundance mindset. So I thought, what a great title for the book. Absolutely. Now, there's obviously tens of thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of success, personal development, motivation, inspiration books. And I think one of the most famous ones of all time, you know, certainly in my top 10, top 15 was Stephen Covey's Seven Habits of Highly Successful People. I like how you kind of said, there's really two traits of highly successful people. We obviously want folks to go get the book, but what are those two traits? And why do you think those two are so all encompassing, as you said in the book? Well, I I think tenacious habits, I think it's the habits the successful people have. You know, most who are not successful or, or don't have the wealth they wish they had, they think the ones that do wave some magic wand or they got lucky or, and listen, let's face it, you could be born into the right family um, and have a great start. But I will tell you, most of the entrepreneurs out there have been successful have like at least five to 10 key habits that they, they're just tenacious about. They won't go off those habits, um, whether it's waking up early, putting money aside to grow. They just have these habits that they don't give up on. And then they have an abundance mindset. They think they are enough and they have 
that abundance mindset that, you know, it, everything's going to come to them and, and they're just going to grow their business and be successful. They don't, they're not doubting themselves all the time. You are absolutely right. However, we've obviously, since the last time you've been on, we've been through some challenging, interesting times. Yes. That um, was COVID when we spoke last. Right. Whether it's the pandemic or the great mythical recession or the great resignation or the volatile markets or the Fed deciding to finally raise interest rates or record inflation. How do you maintain those mindsets with all of that negativity coming at you? Well, I think, you know, one of the things I mentioned in the book is the three anchor system that I've used basically the last over 20 years. Um, I've been married 32 years. My wife and I have been working together. But really, about 20 years ago, I discovered that I need to control how I start my day. I need to control how I end my day. And I have to stop writing these big, long to-do lists and write a priority list. And so I make it three things that are most important to get done. And I always start with the toughest, finish with the easiest. If I get them done by 9 a.m., that's great. If it takes me all day or I have to push it to the next day, I have to stick with those three priorities. But I think if you can wake up and control your day, and I know there's busy parents out there and um, you know people who maybe work in two jobs and they're going, yeah, right, Anthony. Even if you're waking up just... 15, 20, 30 minutes early, write a grateful journal, write down your priorities, get your head on straight, control that piece of the day. And then how you go to sleep at night, you know, what you're thinking about before you go to sleep, what you do before you go to sleep. You know, I mentioned in a lot more detail in the book, but you know, I call it the three anchor system, how you control the start, the finish and those three priorities. Absolutely. Now, you have a kind of contrarian concept. And the one I'm talking about is asymmetric decision-making. Now, in the investment world, asymmetric risk is where my potential upside is way higher than any potential downside. So if my downside's a a negative 20%, maybe my upside's a positive 80%. It's dramatically different weighted in the positive manner. What's asymmetric decision-making? Well, it's how I make my decisions. So, you know, I I could use as an example I give in the book about meeting John Wooden, but I can tell you, um, you know, recently, um, you know, everybody knows Ed Milet and Ed Milet's got, you know, a huge uh, podcast audience and his book came out one more. I mean, the guy's one of the top in the motivational speaking field. And so we've been sending copies of the book to him, but I went and invested a couple hundred dollars, maybe maybe more than that, maybe closer to a thousand in having posters that had all the things in my book that he could share with his audience. Also, one of the things is he chooses a word every year. So I told him his 2024 word in a big poster is tenacious. And I had all the definitions of tenacious. And then I sent a big, huge poster of my vision board, which has me being on his show. So the to me when i look at that to invest all those dollars and send that out like there's so much upside versus the cost or the downside and we do that you know we have a company looking to buy our company right now and 
you know, we've been using that, you know, what's, is there more upside to selling it, to keeping it? But yeah, I always weigh it out. And I think people make decisions um, too quick. I mean, I know you shouldn't sit on it and procrastinate, but you should at least write your pros and your cons and weigh it out. And that's really what asymmetric decision-making is about. I want to go back a second because you said you start your day with the hardest thing. Yes. Why do you do that? I mean, some people might say, well, hey, wait a second. If I don't get it done or if I start with something hard, maybe that puts me downhill. No, I have the most energy in the morning. And I think most people have the most energy towards the end of the day. Maybe it wanes even, you know, energy and motivation. So and plus, it's just a great habit. You know, it's like, you know, working out in the morning, um, you know, sets you off to have a great day and maybe even eat better. But attacking that first task that maybe I would want to procrastinate and make third it just trains my brain to go after that hardest thing every day. And then it's great. Once that's done, I know the next task and the task after that, my three priorities, they get easier. So it's, it's motivational for me to flip it. Absolutely. And then you're going downhill, like coast almost like everything after this is easier. Yeah. And that's what most of the top um, successful, you know, billionaires and multimillionaires are doing. For sure. Tony Robbins talks about that our two greatest fears as humans is that we're not enough and that we won't be loved. You talk a lot in chapter three about the power of I am and being enough. Can you expand on that just a little bit? Yeah, I um, I do think most people don't think they're enough. I think it stops them from getting maybe a job they would like, a person they would want to be with in a relationship maybe the people they surround themselves with. I think if people had more confidence, you know, this really hit me hard. It was on an interview with the former president of Starbucks, Howard Bihar. You know, he had taken Starbucks from a couple stores to worldwide in over two decades. And for 50 years, he shared a, a saying that he had that I am enough, I have enough, I do enough. And I asked him what percentage of success he would attribute to saying that. And he goes, you know, I don't know if I'd attribute success to it as much as I would peace of mind. And I think if people operated from more of um, a confidence and a curiosity, not an ego, but having a curiosity and a confidence to try something different, to reach a little further, they would, they would change their lives instantly. For sure. You're obviously in great shape for those of you watching on video who can see Anthony in the book, you talk about doing 3,650 push-ups. Can you uh, share a little bit more? Cause I don't, I certainly can't, don't think I could do 3,650 push-ups right now. Well, actually I use that as an example that 10 a day, 365 days in the year is 3,650 push-ups. I do 25 a day. I've been doing them my whole life, sit-ups, push-ups. I do leg squats. They're things that don't require a piece of equipment, doesn't require a gym membership, doesn't require a lot of time, and most people can do them. And the whole idea is to compound. You know, if it's someone who's watching this, who's overweight, it all starts with the first day of 10 push-ups. If you did 10 a day, 3,650 in a year, your body's got to change in that year. I mean, anyone who does 3,650 push-ups, 
is going to have stronger arms, chest, and shoulders. It's just, it can't not happen. But it's the people who go to the gym, especially in January, you know, New Year's resolutions, and they go in there and they, they try to run on a treadmill or go nuts on a bike or lift weights too heavy and then they're sore and they start to lose motivation. My whole point of fitness is a little bit each day is huge at the end of the year. You know, there's hit programs, high interval uh, training or high intensity interval training, Tabata. These are shorter exercises that get a lot of um, benefit in without being at the gym for an hour or two every day. Absolutely. Earlier, you talked about writing in a gratitude journal. Why do you say that gratitude is more than just the daily list that you were talking about? Well, because it's impossible to be angry and grateful at the same time. It's impossible to be unhappy and grateful at the same time. You just can't be. So if, if you focus on like every time, you know, we had some stuff happen last week with one of our clients, uh, you know, just a, a terrible illness. And it just right away, I could focus on, oh, how terrible that is for that person or how grateful it is what we're able to do to help his family in that situation. So I just always go to gratitude. I mean, I just think when I open my refrigerator, I know it sounds silly. I open my refrigerator and I go, how grateful I am to have a refrigerator full of food or a pantry. I mean, there's, we in America live very, very well compared to the rest of the world. And I was doing some crowdsourcing many, many years ago, and I was having an Excel spreadsheet worked on by a coder in Pakistan. And I happened to tip him like $25. And the thank you, like note that I got back how I could feed my family for the next two months based on like, it really hit home on me. And then I started doing some research just on Pakistan. And like, you know, they have black rolling blackouts all the time. They, they don't even have electricity 24 seven, like we do or running water like we do. So yeah, it's, you know, if you're grateful, you can't be grouchy. You can't be angry. You can't, it's just a great way to be. Absolutely. Well, we're grateful that you're here sharing with us and that you wrote the book. You alluded to Ed Milet earlier, who's been on the show. Talk, you have a philosophy where you almost make like a virtual board of directors of people you've never met, but that you learn from and then can pull upon them to get answers to the way they would ask questions. Talk a little bit about your, your thought leader philosophy. Yeah. So obviously, you know, because you do a lot as well, you know, traveling to these um, high-end groups and think tanks and taking, you know, some of these online classes or seminars, it gets expensive. It gets, you know, time consuming. And so what I started to understand is that a lot of these, who are the people I look up to in each area? Who are the thought leaders? And a lot of them have a lot of information on YouTube. Um, that you can go and check out. So what I did is I took my top thought leaders in every area, you know, whether it be, you know, happiness, motivation, maybe just life in general, uh, discipline. And I went and listed them on my website, Tenacious Abundance, and everyone can go watch them for free. And they're ones that, in my personal opinion, they're, they're my thought leaders and they're people that I think are great and you could learn from. And you can watch one a week, 
you could, you know, I'm sure there's people out there who is going to start watching one and then start buzzing through them all. I'd probably not watch more than, than one a day or one a week so that you can let it sink in. But, um, you know, people like Mike Rowe, Anthony Robbins, Coach John Wooden, Bo Eason. I mean, there's some just some great resources there. But, yeah, I mean, why reinvent the wheel? These people have done very well in their areas, and they have great knowledge that they share. Amen to that. Well, we greatly appreciate your time. We know it's incredibly valuable. We appreciate you coming back a second time to talk about the book. Where can our viewers and our listeners go to get Tenacious Abundance? Well, they could go to our website, tenaciousabundance.com. And um, our book is on Amazon. Uh, I believe it's on Barnes and Noble. And uh, yeah, they can, uh, they can get a copy. And the website has a lot of neat things. It has my actual vision boards and a couple of videos. Uh, we, you know, when I talk about doing the 25 push-up sit-ups, I call it my, my two-minute level up. They can see a video of that. And uh, yeah, I appreciate you having me on and, and allowing me to share of course. This has been Seth Green with Anthony Truppiano. The book is Tenacious Abundance. Go get it at tenaciousabundance.com. Anthony, thanks again. Thank you so much, Seth. Thanks, everybody, for watching or listening. We will talk to you or see you next time.